The reading is from Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9 through to verse 13. A very familiar passage. If you want to follow it, it's on page 970. This will be very familiar. This is what Jesus said and says to us. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or sin as we also have forgiven our debtors or those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one this is the word of the Lord well good morning everybody A very happy Mothering Sunday to you all. I hope you have a lovely day. And I'm sure that this is the best way we can start a lovely day. I was thinking about the cry from the front line for mothers. I don't know what you think of when you think of the cry from the front line for mothers. To me, it has three letters and it has three notes. And it goes like this. Mum! And then comes a list. It's cookery today. I need X, Y and Z. And of course you haven't got it. It's gym today. Kit, still dirty, in bag, under bed, etc. And I think we've all been that way, haven't we? But today we're not thinking about those things. But I thought, it's Mothering Sunday. And that was the first thing that went through my mind as I was thinking about this. How how we're at beck and call, aren't we? But thankfully, so is our loving Heavenly Father. This morning we have reached number five in our studies on life on the front line. And today the question is, how does our front line shape our prayers? Or maybe it doesn't. Perhaps when you battle through the day and the going's been tough, our prayer may be, Dear God, give me peace, a silent telephone, and an evening with a telly. But sometimes we might actually need that. But if we don't talk to God about the people we are rubbing shoulders with every day, we're really letting them down rather badly. As we look more closely at the pattern prayer in Matthew 6, we will see how very relevant and up-to-date it is when we pray for family and for friends and for colleagues. 
So before we look at it, let's just ask God's blessing. Our Father, thank you for this pattern of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us the way. And we pray now that as we look together at this passage, we may see afresh what you have asked us to do. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. He is our Father. Yours and mine and the Father and Creator of us all. The world may think that his reputation is in tatters, but we long for the day when every knee will bow. This prayer resources us to live differently on the front line. If God is our Father, we must reflect his family likeness and work in the family business. It will work out differently for each one of us on a daily basis, depending where we are and whom we're with, but the principle is the same. What is your face saying? Your tone of voice inferring? Your body language displaying? And your conversation telling? Your kingdom come. Is this really what we want to see? To see his kingdom here align with what is like in heaven? Well, what is it like in heaven? One day I'll be able to tell you firsthand. But now I know that war and cruelty and slavery and greed and careless talk and poverty and sickness and self-pride and aggrandizement, etc., will be gone. And love will reign in all his beauty. Yes, your kingdom come on my front line, Lord. Things, therefore, are going to have to change. But where do we start? Well, we start with me. What needs to be changed? How can we display God's love better to the people with whom we have to do? For each of us it will be different but God will make that plain as we seek his face. Give us our daily bread. Do you know, I often wonder when I read that phrase, whatever happened to please? Do you ever notice that? I always think it sounds so demanding. Give us our bread. But I'm sure God understands what we mean and we can always say please. It takes time to build relationships and skill to really listen to people. So our daily bread needs to come from our Heavenly Father so that we have the skills available that he will feed us and we can therefore share the bread that he gives us. I'm sure those who are going to the listening course on a Saturday will have learnt how to really listen to somebody, to give them your full attention not to jump in with whatever happened to you and your experience in a similar situation. We had a neighbour in the Isle of Man. She was lovely, bless her, called Mrs. Bradshaw, Mrs. B. And whatever people had, she got it worse. I don't know if you've ever met folk like that, but she got it worse and she'd ended up in hospital and had ten operations and oh my, my. But 
she was such a puppet, but she didn't have the skills of listening. And it's so important when we listen to somebody else that we listen to them. They don't want to hear about our little moans and groans. And then gradually people will begin to feel safe with you and really share their needs, giving you fuel for prayer and an opportunity to share your daily bread with them. Always remember this. We should always talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. Forgive us. Not a day goes past when that prayer isn't appropriate. What have I done today that's hurt Jesus, that's hurt my neighbour, that's hurt my friend? Or what haven't I done that I should have done? I used to enjoy hearing people pray about sins of omission and commission. We don't hear those anymore, do we, those words? But they still go on, sins of omission and commission. What have I left out that I really should have done? Now, my husband has been away since Thursday, and the plan was that I should do all kinds of things. Oh, dear. Well, some. I have done some, honestly. I have done some. But things crop up, don't they? And you think, oh, well, which is the most important? And sometimes the ironing conquers the gardening and whatever. But anyway, bless his heart. He's in Southampton this weekend preaching and doing men's breakfasts and things with a fearful cold. So you might just think of Bob too this morning. And who has hurt me today by an unkind word? Or a look? Or talking about me to other people? in a derogatory way and it's come back to roost how we need to be forgiven and forgiving be the first to go and put things right even if you don't think it's your fault now I learnt this lesson from Robin he is very good at this I can do all kinds of things and he will come and tell me how sorry he is which makes me feel about that big it's so uh deflating to somebody else if you can go and say look I'm really sorry when they were about to let rip and they're so surprised that you've apologised they smile and say that's alright please don't worry there is a grace in forgiveness and you know the most wonderful grace in forgiveness is found at the cross that is where forgiveness begins and ends at the cross and as we're creeping nearer and nearer to Easter and Calvary and all that goes on in Holy Week comes to our minds. I'm sure we'd be more and more conscious of the grace of the cross. A soft answer turns away wrath, even takes the wind out of aggressive sails. Don't hang on to things that you should let go. Let right get right with God, and He chooses not to remember our sin ever again so neither should we and don't be a chunterer do you know what a chunterer is oh she said this to me and I can't get over it and I'm going to go over it and over it and it's going to get worse and worse don't be a chunterer let's go and forgive and praise God for his love and his graces in forgiveness and lead us not into temptation But the next phrase is the important one. We are going to be led into temptation, 
But the next phrase says, but deliver us from the evil one. We are going to be led into temptation, but it's where we go from there, whether we let it settle, whether we let it turn around in here or in here, or whether we just say to Satan, get out of here, I have nothing to do with you. Where God's blessing comes, Satan isn't far behind. What temptations face us on our particular front line? They'll all be different. Do you ever ask yourself, well, what is the point of doing this? I'm banging my head on a brick wall. Well, the first thing that happens is that you lose your peace. Then you doubt that God will ever be able to break through the apathy and the general, it's all right for you, attitude. Then you get down and you get fed up with trying and then Satan is rubbing his hands and putting another notch on his cane. In Philippians 4 we read this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just remember, whatever you're doing, and if it's getting tough and rough, it's God's work, and it isn't ours. And we are to be ambassadors, and we are already on the victory side. Amen. It's his kingdom, and his power, and his glory forever. Now, my front line isn't very straight. Have you seen those adverts for direct line insurance? They go like this, don't they? Then they go round a car and round some houses and through some people. And it's not exactly a direct line. Well, mine's a bit like that. I thought I'd tell you a little bit about what it is because you might wonder, some of you, why it is that Robin and I flash out of here, hardly stop to speak to anybody. It's not that we don't love you all. We love you very much. But it's just that our front line is shouting. We live in Bicton, as you know, and Bicton has a little parish church on the corner of our lane, and we feel that God has put us there for a reason, and that reason is to serve him in that place. Now, the congregation would probably be at the most, um, possibly hmm, two-thirds of this side, maybe, at the, on a good day. Otherwise, it might be just about to Eleanor and that little gang. It is tiny. I take the family service on a second Sunday of the month and you get up to speak to the family and the family children are about from 53 upwards. Uh, so you can see that this is a place that needs work. Christopher, our vicar, who is a most lovely guy, is very poorly at the moment, so he's out of the picture. He's really been very ill. He has seven churches to take care of and there's Christopher, there's Robert Parsons, who's a retired canon, and A. Lay Reader. Now you think of the riches that we have here for one church. Lots of dog collars and lots of able laity. How blessed is this congregation? So my front line is getting stuck in at Bicton and trying to bring some life and some love and some help and this is why we fly out of the door. So when you see us flying out, please offer a prayer for Bicton. It's not far from here, but it's a big mission field. 
My other curly line goes up to the golf club where Rob and I are both captains this year and we need to be God's ambassadors in that place and through our sport. I go shopping, I speak at meetings and I care for a rather nomadic husband. All these things are on my front line and I have a lovely family as well. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors, aren't we? Because, as we have said, we are on the victory side. Now, somebody's going to come and talk to you now about their front line, which is very different. Hilary Taylor, she's going to come and tell us a little bit about what has called her to do and how he is equipping her for the job that she has. Come on, Hilary, come and share. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my front line. <clears throat> I too, like many others, struggled to know what to do after retirement from work. I knew that I would like to be out in the community to do some sort of voluntary work. I have always had an interest in mental health, as a fair share of my working career was in the mental health sector as an administrator. Today, as a volunteer, I would like to share one aspect of life on the front line for me, <coughs> being a volunteer with MIND. <coughs> I have been a volunteer with MIND for approximately five years. I and my colleague Chris oversee a ladies' group called Women in MIND. We meet on a Thursday morning for coffee, support and friendship. We usually have between 10 and 12 ladies, some who will come for a few weeks and others who are longer term. As part of our programme, we encourage craft and usually have a weekly activity of a specific craft. Craft is very important and therapeutic for people who suffer mental health problems. And we have some very gifted ladies within the group, some who are happy to share their skills with the rest of us. I too have benefited enormously from these sessions and my crafting skills have improved no end. As a Christian, I feel I have an important role to play. Jesus has given each of us gifts and abilities to use. In fulfilling this role, I am able to get alongside vulnerable adults to support them in their struggles, to be a good listener and to demonstrate the love of Jesus to them in practical ways too. As I have journeyed with these ladies and got to know them better, I have come to appreciate how important organisations like MIND are. To some of these ladies, it is family, somewhere they can come and to be themselves. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry. It is not an easy role. At times, people can become very distressed and on occasions, I and my colleague are not able to deal with the situation 
and have to call on a member of staff for assistance. The power of prayer is a wonderful tool. I may not be able to pray directly with these ladies, but I can pray for them. As Jesus lives in me, I pray that this is transmitted to them and all I come into contact with, not only on a Thursday, but every single day. Thank you so much. But how can, how can we pray for you best? Um, well, just, I know, we never know what's going to come up on a Thursday. We don't know what situation we're going into. <clears throat> and also, I would ask for prayer for more volunteers. Okay. Well, let's pray for Hilary now before she goes down. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you have called Hilary into this caring work. We pray for this ladies' group that, Lord, Hilary would just shine so brightly for you in it. That, Lord, they need more help. Please, Lord, put it onto the hearts of some other folk to come and to lend a hand. Father, thank you for the way that you're using Hilary. Please bless her and Malcolm too. And we thank you for their family. Lord, thank you. And be with them constantly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I make no apologies for the way I'm going to close this morning. You've heard this before, but you've got to hear it again. Maybe there aren't many opportunities to say things, but there's every opportunity to live out our faith in an attractive and a magnetic way that will draw people to ask why we are the way we are. Not only in the words you say, not only in your deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. For me, it was not the truth you taught, to you so clear, to me so dim. But when you came, you brought a sense of him. Was it a beatific smile, a holy light upon your brow? Oh no, I felt his presence when you laughed just now. And from your eyes he beckons me, and from your heart his love is shed, till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. May this be our cry from the front line. Amen. And now we come to our intercessions this morning. And first of all, I've got number 12 on my back because Richard, who was going to pray, is poorly. So we will pray for Richard as well. There's a lot of sickness about at the moment, I think. So we will remember folk in uh, their...